unless you've been living under a rock, you've heard about Sylvester de Silva in the news. You will also know that he barely talked about it to journalist Carrie Saxon, and then produced his own episode, without telling her. Now, she is contractually obliged to host a special Halloween episode of this podcast, The De Silva Linings Ghost Book. Welcome to this special Halloween episode of Ghostbook Podcast. I'm Carrie Saxon, and unfortunately, with me is Sylvester De Silva. What hey, do you mean, Sil- unfortunately, Carrie? Hey, Sylvester. Who else is it going to be? Have you got anything you'd like to say to me? Or Happy Halloween. That's it, is it? Just happy Halloween. Oh, hey, Carrie, I can read between the lines here. I think it's really? an apology you're after. What is it? What I- have I done this time? Well, you snuck in a studio, which is not probably safe at the moment even. And you and your boy Richard were in there having a lovely happy episode. And what came out was everything I've ever done wrong on here. How would you like me to react? Well, to be fair, Carrie, there was a little bit of this little guffs, little mistakes, little things like that that I've done. All the unused material, all the stuff that you told me, you know, that's that's we can't even put that in. Which yeah. tells you, which says something about the stuff that we did leave in. Yes, but you had that choice. I was not given a choice and I asked you not to do it and you did it anyway. Well, you know, this is the trouble, see, Carrie, is that when you've got a, a narcissistic personality like mine, you can't help yourself. Oh, that, so that's it, is it? It's just yeah, exactly. a it's, plain it's my mental health. You, it's my mental health, Carrie. The Halloween show. Ooh, Halloween. Oh, a bit of a different Halloween this year, isn't it? Obviously, well, with everything for, going on. Well, for me, definitely. We, there will be no Halloween in Wales. No. What do you normally do for Halloween then, Carrie? What's your normal thing? Well, my normal thing is pub. Hang out with the spirits there, and then what? Go home, go to sleep as normal. It's just unfortunate this year that it's a Saturday, yep. Halloween, and there's nothing we can do about it. I suppose the upside is there'll be no kids knocking the door demanding sweets. There is so. that, yeah. And that's the worst thing about Halloween, isn't it? Yeah. It's the Ameri- it's the Americanism side of it. Completely detracts from the pagan, paganistic aspect, doesn't it? Well, they all Hallow's Eve, but they also call it Samhain. Oh, I didn't know that's that. That's called Samhain. Tell me more. Yeah. It's so part of a pagan festival, I suppose, it, you know, it coincides with the end of the year. That's when the, their calendar starts. You know, it's just getting darker, but it's just a chance to celebrate it. Celtic festival as well, isn't it? Halloween. Yeah, which has obviously been commercialised mm. and people just go around. It's just a bit of a bit of a laugh now, really. Yeah. What I would have suggested though, Carrie, is if not for this lockdown business, I'd have said, let's like in the last series we did, mm. let's get out there and let's find somewhere haunted. You know, I know you're a cynic, you you cover that ad nauseum, gone over yeah. that. Oh, there's no such thing as ghosts. But even you, Carrie, this is something I want to ask you in this episode. Mm. You must I mean you must find things spooky, don't you? Even, yes. if, even if you say, oh, rational explanation, but in the moment, oh, that was spooky. Of course, in the moment. And ooh. that's on purpose, isn't it? Darkness. Because uh, life's, life's no fun without a good scare. Well, not strictly as, true. As the famous Tim Burton film, Nightmare Before Christmas, right, rightly said in one of its songs. Absolutely. Are we just going to go for great movies now, is it? 
Well, I, Carrie, I can't think of anything else to speak. I've been cooped up inside for a week now. Very akin to Jack Nicholson in The Shining, actually. Okay, so all work and yeah. no play for you, is all it? All work and no play makes makes Sylvia dull boy. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, I've got a touch of the writer's block at the moment, and um, there's a, there's two ghostly girls that appear on the on the landing, holding hands, saying to come and play. I'm like, no, I can't. I got to get this book finished. So you're writing a book, eh? This well, is news. I'm, try- I'm trying to. I'm trying to, but it's just not happening. I don't think it's probably not a good. T- I'm not getting a good psychic feeling for it. Speaking of writing books, you said that you were writing one. I am in the middle of writing a book. What well, can you tell us stop- about that then, Carrie? I can't tell you anything about it because I know. Oh. Ghost writer. What a hypocrite! You spent the whole of last series banging on about how I'm not going to, ex- how I'm not going to expose my news, and yet here you are doing the same thing. Give yeah, us a bit of a clue: is it fiction or non-fiction? <laughs> it is fiction, but it's supposed to be based on fact. Let's oh. just put that out there. Interesting. Mm. All right. Okay. Excellent. Maybe if we do another series over every single episode, I can try and coax some information out of you, like you did with me. Yeah, it's it, it's not all about me though. This is it. Well, it can be if you want to be. Nah, we'll right. change the name of the podcast if you want. Carrie Saxon podcast. Exciting. I'm going to do something that I wish I thought of weeks ago. I'm going to mute your mic, Carrie. This is a famous, or I should say infamous story in my family, and dates back to World War II. My grandmother was in the Women's Land Army. Do you know about that, Sylvester? For the purposes of this recording, I can see him shaking his head and clenching his fists. It was a volunteer organisation, well, for the most part anyway, women signed up for to help with the food production during British wartime. Women were sent to farms, big country houses to reclaim the land and even employed as rat catchers. They were just amazing, ensuring that British people were able to eat without importing. I will tell you the story how she would tell it. It was 1943 and I'd just been sent to a big country house. I'm not saying where because nobody believes this story anyway. I was part of a small group being sent there to work on the land so they could grow crops there. We were a close group, although poor Nellie West had to leave early because of an incident with the landowner, Mr Parker. Well, that's what they said. Poor girl was a mess. We all tried to keep a safe distance from him then. Luckily, we hadn't seen him much. He had another man to manage us women. It did mean we tried to stay in our room as much as possible, though. It was one of those days, you know, where the air feels heavy. My head felt thick, but that didn't mean the work stopped. I could barely see when we finished, so instead of tea, I retired to the large room that us girls shared, and I slept. It must have been hours later when I woke to find everything pitch black and my friends asleep already. My head was clearer, but I was so thirsty. I put the uniform back on that was still on the end of the bed and crept out of the bedroom. The lights were dim in the hallways and there was blackout curtains everywhere. I snuck downstairs on alert in case I ran into you-know-who. Soon as I was in the kitchen, I picked up a cup and started to run the water. Then suddenly, a bang that felt like thunder. 
I opened the curtains to see if I could see anything, but there was no rain. Then the room lit up. There must have been a storm, so the rain would come. My nerves were jangled, though, so I quickly ran the water again to take another drink. It was then I heard the footsteps behind me. They were away at first, but I could feel them come in closer and closer and closer until they stopped. Whoever was there was stood right behind me. I knew it was him, and I couldn't show fear, so I clenched the cup and spun around. There was no one there. I looked around the kitchen to see if he was hiding, ready to pounce, but there was nothing. No one. I knew what I heard, though. I knocked back the water, cleaned the cup, and quickly put it away to make my journey back to the room. As I got to the door, there was that loud bang again, and the room lit up. Terrified, I turned into the hallway. A figure leapt in front of me. I must have jumped a mile, but she just laughed. It was a little girl. She must have been about eight, pale skin, long blonde hair with long flowing white nightdress. I'd never seen her before. I wasn't even sure she was real. She said something and I looked around but saw her disappear into a room. In a blinding flash, I saw him. The landowner was there, grinning. I turned back and rushed up the stairs and back to the room. There I hid under the covers for what seemed like hours before going to sleep. There was no more thunder or lightning that night. I must have looked a mess the next morning as the girls were asking if I was still ill. The headache had gone, but I felt sick to the stomach. I'd asked them if they ever saw a little girl there. They hadn't, but they pointed out the Landover did have a family, so there could well be one there. It was on my mind when I started work, but I realised I was just being silly. A bad head, a thunderstorm and my imagination. When I saw the little girl again, I would remember my manners. A week passed, a long week too. It was so warm for September and the uniforms were heavy. At the end of the day, all we wanted to do was cool down and relax. We would take it in turns to go under the outside cold tap. Not like they are now, but it was better than nothing. It was one of those times when I saw the little girl again. I think, anyway. For a split second, she was there by the corner of the house watching, and the next, she was gone. I asked the cook that evening about the little girl, and she just said there was more going on than she could say, and I was better off keeping my nose out. I decided to say no more. After dinner, the rest of the women decided to go out in the field. They found an old tambourine in the house and they planned a sing-song. Typically, I had one of my headaches again, so I drenched an old towel with cold water and went to the bedroom. The nights were drawing in and it was getting dark in the room. I was enjoying the peace. I had wedged a chair under the doorknob after my scare last time, so I had to stay awake for the girls. I heard someone knocking a door, so I got up, pulled the chair away and opened the door wide. There was no one there. I called out to stop pretending, but still nothing. Then I heard those footsteps again coming towards me. But this time they were behind me, in the bedroom. I looked around, but there was no one there, but the noise of the footsteps kept coming louder and louder and closer and closer, so I ran. I ran as fast as I could, but I didn't know where I was going. To the girls, I would go there and tell them. But then, the loud bangs again, like thunder, except as far as I knew, there was no storm. I got to the stairs and started running down two at a time, then halfway down. The whole place lit up. 
I screamed as I fell, helplessly rolling down the rest of the stairs. And as I reached the bottom, the lightning had passed. There was just me on a heap on the floor. There I saw her again, running away from me, the little girl. I was so scared, I was shaking violently, but there was no pain at all. I gradually moved to check myself. I was fine. There would be bruises, large ones, but they would come later. As I gingerly stood, I saw the little girl again. This time she was holding hands with a woman who must have been about ten years older than me. The woman came over, took my arm and led me to the kitchen. She was real. The little girl was real. It was just me being silly. The woman told me her name was Catherine and her daughter Patricia and she made me some sweet tea. Patricia looked more scared than me, probably seen me fall. Catherine and I started to talk and I told her and Patricia where I come from. The girls had finished their sing-song and come into the kitchen getting drinks before bed. I asked them where they'd been sheltered from the storm and they laughed, asked me how bad my head was. As I finished my drink, I asked Catherine how long she'd lived there. She didn't live there. They were just there to make arrangements for the funeral of her father. I told her I was sorry. The thought hit me that moment and I didn't want to ask, but at the same time, I had to know. I quietly asked, waiting to be laughed at, waiting to be told I was stupid. Who was her father? She looked at me sadly. It was the land of Mr. Parker. The shaking started again, but I already knew the answer because I'd seen him and his granddaughter at the same time. But I had to ask anyway, when did he die? She didn't look at me. It was the incident, she said quietly. When that poor girl Nellie West had hit him over the head with a fireplace crook over two weeks ago. I was frozen. But Catherine leapt into life. She picked up my cup to wash it. Good riddance, she announced. He always did like scaring young women. Uh, So what did you think of that, Sylvester? Well, Carrie, the only issue I have is the fact that, well, your grandmother clearly believed in ghosts, and yet you don't. But she didn't really see a ghost, did she? It was thunderstorms, she had a headache, she was in a high-stress situation, she was fearing not only the situation in the country, that there was obviously a predator in that house and she was fearful of that. So she imagined she saw a ghost because that's what she was most scared of seeing. Right, okay. Can I ask you about the, the lightning? Yes. How did she see the lightning? Well, it was a thunderstorm, wasn't it? I thought she had blackout curtains. How did she see lightning with blackout curtains? It was a blitz, wasn't it? Next. Well, Carrie, after all the excitement of your little ghost story, I've got one of my own fears. Oh, okay. Let's well, see if this one's real. Well, this is not my story. This was actually told to me by somebody that I saw in town a couple of weeks ago. Okay. So walking through town and, it, you know, it happens quite often. People go, oh, my goodness, it's Sylvester de Silva. Must be um, devastating for you. Yeah, Exactly. So this gentleman, his name's Jonathan Morgan. Okay. He approached me in town and you told me, hey, Sylvester, how about this for a little ghost story? And I was like, oh, go on then. You know, I'm always keen on this sort of thing. Yeah. 
So he told me he was part of a landscaping company who had a job in Whitney in Oxfordshire. Right. Familiar with Whitney? Never Karen? been. Never been there, no. You know what it's infamous for, though, don't you? Uh, fish. David Cameron's constituency. Oh, God. Okay. Anyway, no politics. It's Halloween. The house was a converted barn originally built in the early 1900s. His first task was to visit the grounds and price up the work. There was a fair bit of land around the barn, which neighboured a wood. Jonathan told me he was creeped out as he was there all alone. Uh, He cracked on with the pricing, and as he left, he saw, definitely saw someone walking into the woods. Uh, this, This person turned around and he could tell that it was a woman. He assumed that it was probably just a dog walker because this barn, this converted barn, it wasn't next to any other houses, but they were, say, about half a mile away was at the nearest estate. So it wasn't out. It wasn't completely out in the sticks. So he thinks nothing of it. So the work on the house and the grounds starts about two weeks later. By this point, the owners hadn't moved in yet. Jonathan and his colleagues encountered several unexplained events, you know, tools going missing, doors of the houses opening, the windows, what have you. It was a, a bit of a joke to them, you know, being because they're all blokes, you know, lads, 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 that kind of thing. So they just cracked on with it, making quips about, ooh, this is haunted. Uh, but everyone did admit towards the end that it, it really was a bit spooky. Jonathan told me that one of the freakiest moments came when the team were wrapping up one evening and he saw someone in an upstairs window. Now, nobody from the building, all the landscape crew, were inside the house, and Jonathan was particularly spooked out as he had seen this person before. The person, the woman, he had seen weeks before walking into the woods. They finished up after a couple of weeks, and the owners moved in. They were a family of five, and Jonathan's company continued to do odd jobs in the in the house grounds. One evening, he and his boss went to square up the bill. The owner invited them in for a cuppa. Whilst they chatted, Jonathan asked the owner if he was enjoying living there. The owner, reading between the lines, admitted that the house had, in his words, a completely different personality at night. Bill was paid, and as Jonathan and his boss were leaving, a vase on a hallway table went flying into the wall opposite, smashing into hundreds of pieces. The owner quickly hushed John and his boss, saying, pretend you didn't see that. The children will be terrified otherwise. So John and his boss left. As he's going out, John turned to look at the house and in the same upstairs window from weeks before, he saw the same woman staring at him and his boss as they left. Now, how about that, Carrie? That's a really good story. That is really spooky, isn't it? I mean, I I had no involvement in this. I haven't been there. I've not been to Whitney in Oxfordshire, so I don't know if this is true or not. But in terms of it being a a good story, I thought, hey, that's that's quite something. I need to find out where this converted barn is and maybe do an investigation there. Of course he was mistaken. See if we can find this phantom dog walker. Yeah, I, I, (laughs) I think he was mistaken. You know, shadows and, you know, windows can cast shadows and lights and Well, possibly. But, you know, but then he says there were about five or six other blokes there as well who all encountered similar spooky goings on. Jonathan, if you want to reach us on the website or via Twitter or Instagram, please do. And we yeah. will we will t- we'll listen to you. I mean, you're wrong, but we'll listen to you by all means. And thank you for loving Sylvester because, let's face it, someone's got to. Exactly right.
Sylvester, it's Halloween again. Can you tell me, as somebody who claims to see ghosts on a regular basis, is there any additional ghosts or additional activity around Halloween? Or is that just something that's been commercialised over the years? Well, Carrie, that's a very good question and it deserves a proper answer. I thought so. Oh, right. Yes, of course. <laughs> Uh, no, I, joking, Carrie. I, I've thought about a career in politics, you know. <laughs> You'd be very good. I, I, that's the first thing, actually. Joe Exotic did it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he wasn't a psychic medium, but it just shows far-fetched, outlandish, real-life characters well, end up in prison. We can so only maybe hope not. others could as well, couldn't we? <laughs> okay, maybe I won't consider a career in politics. No, please don't. Um, but no, in answer to your question, well, it's a bit difficult really for me, really, isn't it? Because I'm a psychic medium. Mm. Everything is kind of a bit spooky and strange and mysterious. Yeah. The things I deal with day in, day out. Whether, you know, people come to me with claims that the houses are haunted. I have mentioned in the past, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're not. Yeah. You know, I'm not a charlatan. I'm not someone who's going to take... Uh, advantage of poor people by saying, oh, yeah, you've got ghosts up in your house. That's going to be a grand to clear them out. Um, grand? Hey, Carrie, listen, it depends. Ah. It all depends. It depends on the property. It depends on the type of spirit you've got. Your ordinary, you know, garden variety ghost. Oh, mm-hmm. a couple hundred quid to get rid of one of them. No problem. Poltergeist, demon, a gin, things like that. Yeah, it's yeah. going to get pricey because they latch on. Wow. It's like an infestation that you really, you know, you need the big guns. Um, but anyway. Job. Yeah, go on. Please go on. Be my assistant, Carrie. I'm yeah. looking for an intern, actually. An intern. So you're, I wouldn't actually get paid either. That's lovely. Well, I think I think my days of freebies have gone. Well, you know, you've got to prove yourself, Carrie. And if, you know, if you're up to, if you're up to scratch, then I think maybe we'll look at a bit of a temporary position for you. Yeah, I, I think I'll pass on that. But thank you for the well, kind offer. Keep it, it's always there. Keep it in your back pocket. Yeah, anyway, listen. So in answer to your question, Carrie, I think there there is a little bit there is a bit more activity. I think that there is a little bit more, mostly because it's you know the, the evenings are drawing in, it's getting darker, and it's that it's just that kind of especially with Halloween, people get spooked out a little bit more. So the the reports certainly go up. You know, I get flooded okay. with a lot more calls, but in, yeah, as I, sm- I mentioned in some cases. It's not necessarily because there are more active ghosts. It's more active imaginations. That's what it is. Ah, so what you're suggesting is you you might get a flurry of reports of ghostly activity, but it just might be people overexcited, enjoying, you know, Halloween, enjoying the dark nights, the pumpkins, just might be in the mind. It could possibly. I mean, obviously, I'm only one person. I can only investigate so much. So I'm not able to do a proper, you know, consensus of it all. Uh, but in cases that I've I've looked at, I've gone into into locations, and sure enough, there's nothing to it, and they're convinced, dead convinced. And Carrie, this may surprise you. Even I, you know, I can definitively say the Silver Towers, apart from my haunted artifact collection, you know, I've got Annabelle, Robert the Evil Doll, and all all them upstairs in the attic. The Silver Towers is not haunted whatsoever. Ah, uh-huh. but okay, I do even even with my you know my psychic powers, my psychic abilities, I still manage to freak myself out from time to time, walking around the house, particularly when it's dark. You know, mm. as I mentioned, evenings have drawn in October, November time. Things are a little bit spooky, a little bit mysterious, especially when there's a full moon out. I could be walking around the Silver Towers down the hallway, like 
Did I just see a shadow down there or not? Right. And so surely, Carrie, you must you must have this as well. I mean, it's like yeah, in Saxon Towers, you must surely. Yeah. I mean, I definitely don't live in a haunted house, but I, you know, sometimes you see shadows in the corner of your eye and things like that. Then, yeah, I think that happens to everyone, doesn't it? I think so. Hey, Carrie, we just had two stories. How about this one? A very brief story. Go so on. there I was in the Silver Towers in the kitchen washing up one of my uh, one of my cereal bowls. I had the I had the back door open as well, and I was what's he doing? A bit of washing up, and at the corner of my eye, mm. oh, what's that? I okay. saw something. So I went to investigate. Looked outside, and sure enough, there was a squirrel, bold as brass, looking to come in. And so he saw me, and he scarpered. Wow, a squirrel! So I suppose the the gist of my story is that uh, if you see something out of the corner of your eye, it might not necessarily be your imagination. It might actually be something, even if it is just a squirrel trying to get into your house. And not a ghost. And not a ghost. I mean, I don't know. Maybe in a ghost squirrel, it's possible. Uh, we haven't yeah. discussed about animal spirits have we no so do you know what one of your questions in the q a was about pets but we can just address it now do you have any living pets pets i do have one yeah. uh, one living pet i've always had a, a dog always had you know man's oh, best friend always had yeah. a dog about the place he's uh got psychic gifts as well as you, oh, of course as he you, has, do, yeah. as you would expect um <laughs> Well, he's native he's a, a siberian husky you see so oh, wow. um Beautiful he's obviously dogs. got some some uh you know, spooky powers that he's inherited from his native Siberia. How do you and know? He's always got, well, I tell you what, Carrie, do you think animals, you know, people say that animals have got some sort of a, a sense? Yeah, it's been said that, yeah. I mean, they've they've obviously got extra sensory abilities compared to us, like mm. sights, you know, some of them, uh, some, depending on what it is, sight, hearing, definitely smell. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know, people say that, you know, cats and dogs, they might pick up on things that we can't necessarily see. You know, they get freaked out by things that apparently aren't there. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a certain science to that, isn't it? Because you, certain dogs are used for medical reasons because they can pick up, say, oh, yeah. low blood sugar levels and other medical All issues. All that boring and... rubbish. We well, want to know about ghosts here, Carrie. Yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is there's science behind what you say and they're not seeing anything that's not there. Well, it's another little story. This has been actually quite good, Carrie. We should have said the theme for this episode is just any old rubbish. Any old. Just any old Any old It's Halloween. Tosh. It's Halloween. We're to- sitting around talking about ghosts and Why not? ghouls it, and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's, be- it's better than talking about how I'm legally obliged to do this episode, isn't it? Well, it's something to do, isn't it, on a, on a boring afternoon during lockdown? Yeah. Anyway, here's another, here's another little story. So I remember, Carrie, back... Years and years and years ago, I was mm-hmm. over uh Grandpappy De Silva's house uh, ah, one okay. evening and the whole family were there and it was dark. Uh, it must have been November time. And he had a dog. He had a Labrador. Right. And we were all, it was a big old terraced house. Uh, we were all in the front. And when I said, you know, big old terraced house, one of, you know, it was a very long house mm. uh, from the front door all the way to the back. And everyone, there were probably about six or seven of us all in the front room. The Labrador would always sit in the hallway near the front door. And, you know, the, and the, the door to the, from the living room into the hallway, uh, always ajar. I mean, that would happen all the time, all the time. Okay. It's one particular evening. All of a sudden, we hear the dog barking. Like, yeah. oh, what's he, what's he saying? So there must be somebody at the door. Go outside, and he's walked to the foot of the stairs. Right. And he's looking up 
the stairs and he's looking up the stairs, mm. really barking, really going for it. And he's transfixed something at the stairs. So the stairs, you can imagine up the stairs and then it would turn around, it would curve around. Okay. So you could either keep coming up towards the bedrooms or it would split right to the bathroom. And he was ducking dead ahead, barking, and his heckles were raised and he was scared. Okay. That dog was freaked out and he wasn't a dog that was easily scared either. I always thought back then, obviously this was pre-Angel visit before I got my psychic powers. Yeah. And I, I couldn't explain it at the time and I still can't now because I thought that was that was pretty supernatural or not, that was spooky, you have to admit. And do you have any pets that you consider, you know, like imaginary pets in your house? Imaginary pets. You might think they're real. You might think there's a ghost cat or a ghost dog, but they're not real, are they? That sounds like a good idea for a series, isn't it? Ghost cat and ghost dog. Ghost dog. (gasps) Could you imagine their adventures? Scrap that book that you're writing, Carrie. Write a screenplay for this. Netflix will have it. No problem. Netflix demanding our stuff. They'll Uh, stream any old rubbish these days. No, they're they're very multifaceted companies, but the producers quality entertainment. And can we get that in writing, please? Can you can we get that? I think Netflix is brilliant and I am available for work. Thank you. Yeah, Netflix, you heard it here first. Carrie Saxon wants your money. And your time and your patience. Or Amazon Prime. Jeff Bezos, he's got loads of money. Yeah, I'm I will give you a couple of quid to make a series. You know what? Or a book or what have you. I think there's a new Amazon series coming out. And just because, like Simon Pegg, you know, and Nick Frost have brought out some brilliant stuff in the past, they've gone down our route with the ghost stuff and it's coming out soon. And I'm just quite quite annoyed by it, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. I know. It doesn't surprise me, Carrie. Did you know, we're going off completely off topic here, <laughs> Carrie, but did you know that somebody wrote a play about ghost soothers? No. Really? I found this out <gasps> in one of my in one of my kind of bored half hours when I was just right. looking at the internet. Yeah. Um, seeing if there was anything about, you know, any ghost this related stuff, seeing if Katrina had written any garbage about me on Twitter. She did. I discovered well. an obscure she did, yeah. yeah. I discovered an obscure website where somebody had written a parody play about ghostsuthers <gasps> about fifteen years ago. Fifteen years ago. Probably wow. not fifteen years ago, actually, maybe more like ten. Ten's a bit more realistic, is probably, it? Probably probably eleven. Maybe if I was eight. gonna be pedantic, I'd say eleven and maybe eight. Ten um, and a half. Really? I can't believe it. I did have any information about the, the cast. I don't know, you know, all I, I could see is that it ran for two nights back in October, X number of years ago. Wow. That sounds really good though. I, I wish I'd seen that. Sounds and, like class. You know, there are two programs, you know, they may have it may have been, you know, an hour and a half of just completely ridiculing it. But on the other oh. hand, they had two choices, didn't they? Yeah. They had ghost soothers or most haunted. And which one did they pick? They picked the superior one, didn't they? Or the one that they probably wouldn't have been bothered about copyrights. Or was it well, yeah, probably. Or was it because most haunted? Too easy. Too easy. Too easy. easy. All full of caricatures, obviously without, you know, one exception. The One late exception. great. The late and great. But the rest, oh, walking caricatures. Completely unhinged. I'll talk whatever I, I'll talk about whatever I like now. Go on, Carrie, I want to hear a spooky, a spooky story from you now. I don't I haven't got a spooky story because there's no such thing as ghosts.
Hey, and now it's time for a Q&A. About 10 hours ago, I asked Sylvester about pets, and he did mention that he had a real-life dog. What about the imaginary pets, Sylvester? No, I haven't got any. I mean, I've got spirit animals. You know, oh, everyone's got, you, you know, spirits. I've, I've mentioned before, haven't I, that everybody has got a sort of spirit guide. Mm. Um, even you have. Yeah, I don't think I have. I can see him right now. Oh, yeah? Okay. He's a kind of a, a sort of a foppish Victorian dandy. Yeah. Question two. What is your favourite pop group? Oh, I don't know. You don't know. That's okay. And question three. What is your favourite sweet? Favourite sweet? Yeah. Are these questions that you've just made up on the spot, Carrie, or have these actually been sent in? This was sent in by a little boy called Scott, and he's seven years old, and he idolises you, and he would just wanted to ask you a few questions. If I had known that, I'd have put much more effort into it. Well, you've blown it now. You've lost a fan. Sorry, Scott. Right, okay. I did try. I will answer. Um, Favourite sweets? Um, I like like pinballs. There we go, Scott. Thank you, Sylvester, for that. And um, happy Halloween, Scott. Happy Halloween. Well, I think that brings us to the end of this Halloween special that I've been made to do. And it's been lovely to speak to you again, Sylvester. Likewise, Carrie. It's always good. We need to get series two on the way. Yeah, let's let's talk about that another time. Tomorrow. Maybe. Halloween has been the whole of 2020, I think, and it's probably going to take us hey, into 2021. Exactly, Carrie. I it's thought been going one into this long horror story this year. Exactly right. Going into this episode, I thought, oh, fantastic Halloween special. And then it dawned on me as soon as we started recording that I've got nothing really extra spooky to bring up. Exactly. Nail on the head. Everything's oh. spooky. The next thing, I guarantee it, the aliens will be coming. As something will happen. Something surprise me. Something weird will happen. Stay fucked marshmallow man. (laughs) Something, yeah, something like that. I guarantee it. Just leaves me to say thank you very much for listening. And uh, maybe, 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 maybe we'll speak to you all soon. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Ghost Book Podcast was devised and performed by John Parry and Jackie J. Sarah. It is a deliciously bright production. If you enjoyed this, please give us a five-star review or donate via Buy Me A Coffee. All details, including full credits, can be found on the website ghostbookpodcast.com. <laughs> Ha 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 ha.